but sin is no longer your master. Instead, you are free by God's grace. Welcome to Set the Captives Free Ministries, providing Christ-centered solutions for the bewildered believer. Today's guest is Calvin Carter. Uh, this is a very special interview for both of us, actually. As, uh, he's a, a radio show host uh, on one of my favorite Christian radio stations, Redeemer Broadcasting, and uh, he is the host of Morning Magazine, On the Docket, and he's a co-host in Holding All Things Together. Uh, excellent weekly programs on Redeemer Broadcasting. He also has a short segment called A Closer View. Just a Christ- Christian perspective on current events. Very, very fascinating stuff. Calvin, welcome. Willie, thank you for having me on the program. Uh, the pleasure's all mine. I say, you're not you're not inter- uh, related to Dewey, are you? Dewey, Dewey Needham? <laughs> uh, there's I... <laughs> a Dewey Needham and Howe was my uh, law, law firm for a while. Oh, you know, I was wondering about that. My, my dad always told me I needed to marry a girl named Betty with the middle name of Won't. So that way her name would be <laughs> Betty Won't Needham. <laughs> the reason that this is this is special is because, I mean, first of all, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Calvin Carter and, and all of his shows and Christian perspective on the things that are going on around us and his quirky sense of humor is a, is a great thing to wake up to if you're able to listen to Morning Magazine. Well, I got to tell you, uh, my sense of humor sometimes gets me into trouble, you know. Oh, uh, dear. I, I, well, I'm, I'm also a deacon at my church, and right now I'm currently the president of the diaconal board. And, and uh, you know, once a month or every so many months, I get up to uh, say a few things to the congregation. And uh, I don't know whether it's uh, fortunate or unfortunate, but when I stand up, people chuckle. Now, <laughs> it, it may be my appearance, it may be my, my history with the church, but uh, yeah, I do make probably too many jokes. <laughs> well, you know, if, if I had a dollar for every joke I've, I've made in my time where people probably said, okay, that's enough, I'd, I'd probably have a pretty good retirement fund going right now. So, <laughs> so we're both in the same, same boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here, same here. So this is uh this, this is kind of a new experience for you. Uh, you were you were sharing uh, earlier today how you know this is this is definitely a new thing for you. It is. It is. Uh, actually, I had a little bit of a warm up for this this past week. Uh, in addition to my work for Redeemer Broadcasting, I also work for another network, and I'm not trying to give them a plug here. Uh, they don't actually compete. They're not exactly in the same areas, uh, although they do have a station in the Hudson Valley uh, Family Radio. Uh, but they had me out to uh, California for some training uh, on Adobe Audition. And as part of that, they pulled me into a studio and, and interviewed me, which was... Uh, oh, okay. What, yeah, yeah, it's first time for everything, and there it was. So uh, this, will all, this will still be, though, the first time I've been interviewed on the radio. So there you go. Oh. Well, praise God. You know, this is new territory for both of us. This is excellent opportunity. Well, you know, radio has a lot of opportunities you know, uh, for folks to to become uh, engaged uh, with their faith. Certainly, Redeemer Broadcasting is one of them. I like to think that there isn't a creation made by man, an invention made by man, that God can't use for his greater glory. That's what I tell, I tell myself, something along those lines all the time. If God could use the jawbone of a donkey to, to, to defeat a, a thousand men, or if he can use the, the mouth of a donkey to, to warn a, a false prophet from, from doing a, a really, really sinful thing, then he could use, he can use anything. <laughs> well, well, I've been called the mouth of a donkey before. But, uh, you and me Or both. maybe another part of a donkey, that's for sure. Yeah. The southbound end of the northbound donkey? Uh, th- there we go, there we go. <laughs> Let the listener understand. <laughs> <laughs> 
so on the docket. It's a it's a show where 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 Calvin interviews various guests on a, on particular topics of interest uh, in the local area, and I listen to it every week, and I, I really love the structure, and that's actually kind of what inspired uh, this particular this type of radio show. I have a weekly podcast called Fight Until the Bell Rings, hmm. and that you know has its own like sign off catchphrase and everything. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a, a name for the guest interviews yet. I'll have to. I'll have to come up with something. And uh, if I if I come up with anything, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, on the docket is already taken, but you know what? If you would like to use it, uh, be my guest. That would be fine. Okay. So, yeah. Well, we we when we uh, started, you know, Redeemer Broadcasting began in two thousand five, and my program began uh, not long after that. And uh, the question was, what are you going to name the t- name the program? And I happened to be talking to an engineer who works with uh, Redeemer Broadcasting, Craig Poland. And uh, Craig said, well, uh, figure out what you've got on the docket and work on it. And I thought, okay, there you go. <laughs> on the docket. That's the title. All right. I like it. Yeah. So this wasn't started by anybody else. This was has been completely your projects even since the beginning, right? Well, uh, let's let's step back, take a step back, and we can we can briefly give the listeners kind of an overview of what, of how this all progressed. Uh, January of uh, 2002, I began working for Family Stations Incorporated, uh, doing some part time work initially, and then doing their public affairs program. Uh, and you know, back in those days. Uh, it was a dark time for family radio. Uh, a gentleman named Harold Camping ran the network. And as many folks listening might know, Harold had really gotten absorbed with, uh, oh, I guess it would be numerology, uh, the end times. And uh, this was a man who had spent most of his life drawing people to Christ, you know, pointing them to Christ. That, and his ministry was a very good one for a long time. But we are men. We are prone to error. And we are susceptible to pride, and I believe myself that that's where Harold ultimately was led into uh, entrapment in his own pride. Hmm. Uh, so that that whole issue of Harold proclaiming an end time really is what sparked the creation of Redeemer Broadcasting. Hmm. Okay. And and uh, Dan Elmendorf, the president of Redeemer Broadcasting, had been an engineer with Family Radio. And he had helped a group of investors, uh, I believe they were called Christian Media Associates, to create a station in the Hudson Valley that would be uh, an associate station with Hmm. Family Radio. Not owned by Family, but airing the programming. Hmm. Uh, Because of of the the errors in Harold's teaching, they broke away, became a new network, and and Dan Elmendorf leads it. It's called Redeemer Broadcasting. Dan then uh, knew that I was doing public affairs, and he asked me if I would do the same for him. Now, at the time, we only had the one station, WFSO, in the Hudson Valley, not very powerful. Uh, He has since added a few translators to expand the the signal, I believe, up as far as Hyde Park uh, and on across. uh, I think we get across the river into Rhinebeck. Uh, Anyway, that was the genesis of the network, and and now uh, there are stations in northern New Jersey and in the state of Maryland. Hmm. So it's it's been a slow progression. Uh, the network is not bereft of funds, but certainly not full of funds. Hmm. So uh, it grows slowly. Uh, 
uh, Dan is really a tent maker uh, missionary in, in the sense that that Redeemer does not pay his bills. And that's where that's how I ended up working with Dan and working with Redeemer Broadcasting. The program itself uh, is modeled directly off of the work that I had begun doing with Family Radio, uh, where I would contact folks in the local area, find out what's important to them. You know, uh, people, depending on who you talk to, they have different opinions on that. I've talked to folks in the Hudson Valley who were very upset with changes in zoning that made it difficult to own a small business uh, when the state said, oh, no, you know, everything along this corridor is going to be protected, and, and it impacted their businesses. On the other hand, I've talked to folks about uh, the lack of affordable housing in the area. Hmm. So I speak, speak to individual citizens, and I speak to leaders of organizations uh, uh, like um, RUPCO, organizations like that, <laughs> and I try to get a cross-section of the community and I try to do my best to find programs that meet, that will really impact people. You know, things that, that I think God leads me to that will help these folks in their daily lives. It seems like it's a really big help, you know, because when, when, when you share the awareness of it, I can even, I can even hear it in the, in the guests. They, they feel like they're really being taken care of. They feel like they're being heard. And that's a wonderful service, for sure. Well, it's important, you know, the, the, the people that you have on your program, they, they're human beings, they're people like yourselves, and, and whether they're on there because they're fellow believers and they want to share their, their faith or share what they're doing from a faith perspective, or whether they're not faithful, whether they uh, don't even believe in God at all, they're still created in God's image, and, and your responsibility as a guest is to handle them so, to uh, behave in a way that is respectful to them, and to make them feel comfortable. I mean, and, and it, that is self-serving, to be honest with you, because if you are not comfortable with your host, then you're not going to deliver a good interview. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I can, I can definitely, I can understand how that feels having done, a, having hosted a few guest interviews over the past year and, and even being a guest on other shows. It's, it's very, it's very interesting with how different guests will, differing levels of, of experience in doing any kind of interviews, uh, it definitely, it's, it's very interesting. And sometimes it can even be a challenge if they're, like, if they're extra nervous. Have, um, mm. have you experienced ch- challenges like that? Uh, oh, well, probably the biggest challenge that I get are folks that uh, have never been on the radio before. And like you say, they're nervous, but they aren't sure how to answer your questions. So you say, well, can you tell listeners a little bit about uh, this project that you're involved in, is it a large project? And they, there's a pause and they say, yes, it is. And <laughs> then there's dead silence, you know? And yeah. You, and you wait, you count to yourself, thousand one, thousand two. Um, so tell us a little more about that project. Are there a lot of people involved? Yes. Thousand one, thousand two. You know, and you're pulling teeth. And so the, the, the tra- challenge then becomes... Do you leave all of that in the final recording? How much do you edit out? Hmm. You know, because you're responsible for filling. In radio, you have a gap. You have, in my case, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Not, not 16, not 13, or 14, but, but 15 minutes. So I have a music bed that the program is dropped into. And we're speaking specifically for On the Docket here. So I need to edit that, that interview so that 
after the introduction, after someone hears Craig Polwin's voice say, welcome to On the Docket, and he introduces the program, that we flow into the interview, and at the end of the interview, there's still time for Craig to say the usual, you know, the, the views and opinions expressed on this program don't necessarily reflect the views of Redeemer Broadcasting. And so there has to be room for that. So, so my challenge then becomes, how many of those yes do I leave in there? You know? Yeah, because you only by that point you only have maybe twelve minutes to work. Yeah, with. and that or less. Yeah, or less. I, I've had a couple of interviews as short as eleven minutes, and in, in which case, uh, I I hit the books. I I go to uh, my browser and I do a search on the topic. I find some in- information about that topic. You know, maybe it's affordable housing, as I mentioned before, in the Hudson Valley. So I can bring up an article that I can, I can add a little addendum on that says, says folks, you know, uh, the history of affordable housing in, the, in New England is pretty tough. And you, know, you mention it and you can, you can get a, add a couple of more minutes on there. Hmm. And then if, then if you have the right kind of music bed, you can let the music roll at the end. So you don't like to have a lot of music at the end, but sometimes it's unavoidable. That's really fascinating. I, I've definitely faced my own challenges of editing out. You know, if somebody you know coughs a lot, you know, I've I've had I've had guests where they had a cold at the time, and you know, or my my ministry partner will just be coughing, and you know, so I have to like find all the coughs and and, and mm-hmm. take them out. You know, and this is you know usually like an hour long show that I do, but to actually get it to where it's got a very strict like as strict as less than fifteen minutes. Wow. <laughs> well, I tried. I sometimes I do I do the two parter, you know, where I'll extend it to to uh, a half hour. So then you have a little bridge at the middle where you hear some you hear me come on and say, Tune in again next week for the conclusion to this interview. And that does happen from time to time. Uh you have some folks who you say hello, good morning, welcome to the program and the next thing you know a half hour has gone by. Right. Yeah. And so that's the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, I've, I've, and I've had I've had guests like that. I've actually been very fortunate to only have that kind of challenge where they 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 talk a lot, and you have to kind of manage you have to manage the time to make sure that you don't go too far over. I've I've been very fortunate not to get the dead air. But so how do you so how do you handle the initial you know whenever you you end up with that dead air? I mean. Because I've I've always I've always heard you know that dead air is the uh, the ultimate enemy of of all things radio. Was has there ever been like that that like initial panic of like oh oh what do I do? Yeah yeah uh, I interviewed uh, someone I'm not going to name a name or actually it would be best if I don't even name the industry. But this person this person was new to the business uh, uh, that she was involved in. It was her father's business. And she was assigned to the interview. So that was okay. And I tried to uh, be as kind as possible and, and bring her through it. But we got partway through, and, uh, and you could, I could hear her blush through the phone. Oh, wow. Uh, and she said, I'm sorry. I'm not sure how to answer this question. Um, I probably should have had my father answer this question. And I thought, well, you know, let's. Well, so, so what you do is you try to reassure them. And I, so I, I, I brought her back. I, I walked her back, you know, to before the question. And then I said, well, what if we just skip that question? You know, let's let's move in a different direction. Are you comfortable with talking about X, Y, and Z? And and uh, in that case, 
uh, X and Y were no good either, but Z was, you know. So, okay. So, so we were able to move forward a little bit, and and I found myself uh, actually talking more than she was. Hmm. Okay. So, so she began uh, affirming the facts that I had read, and uh, so rather than have her, you know, giving me the facts, I was giving them to her, and she, as the person in the industry, was able to say, "Yes, that's how it works. Yes, that's that's correct." So I took a lot of the uh, pressure off of her, okay, and and put it on my own shoulders. Hmm. And that was and that was good because you were doing it and you were doing this as you were recording, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the the uh, great things about not recording live. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can go back and make. I I you know I I don't know how many times I've told I've told guests at the beginning. Uh, don't worry, I I can make us sound very smart because it's the only way I keep my job on radio. I mean, especially if you know the initial in, in, impression that that uh, people get of you is just wanting to chuckle. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There have there have been times where I've I've had uh, very interesting editing jobs as well, and I I played it back to my guest, and and the guy was completely baffled and he, he he couldn't he couldn't believe that how how did you make it sound like that have you ever had one of those feats of of accomplishment where you just you edit it something amazing took out big chunks like that why well, that happens that happens probably more often than than uh you would a person would care to admit where there the programs have big gaps in them the interviews rather have big gaps in them and and that's that's in part because of my ineptitude. You know, there are times when, when I have a question in mind and the guest goes off on another tangent. Ah, okay. And, and uh, the big mistake I make in that situation is even though I have a pen and paper handy, I forgot to write it down. Then I'm, then I'm at a loss. You know, I say, hold on a minute. I had a question. Let's see. What was it? What was it? And, you know, and you hear the person on the other end of the line go, ah. You know, so okay, (laughs) quick, come up with something, and and vice versa. You know, you you'll ask them something simple. Sometimes that's the most that's the really embarrassing one where you say, "So, can you tell listeners your website address?" And they say, "Certainly, it's uh, it's uh, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Let me bring it up on the computer. I think I can find it." But it happens to people, and those those things can be edited out. And, and if you're keeping a clock in front of you as you're doing the recording, and I'm looking up at my clock right now, and it, and it appears that since we started the call, we've been on here for about a half hour, you can, you can tell yourself, okay, I'm going to need to cut X number of seconds out here and there, and so I'm going to need so much more from them. I tack on to the end of the end of my time period what I'm going to need from them. So I don't have to worry as much about not having enough to cover the 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, usually what I do is I'll, I'll look at the timer that I have on, on my, my, call, my call timer, and if anything happens that I know I need to cut, I'll just make a note of that, that time, like just the general time. But mm-hmm. what ends up happening is if I have a lot of mistakes, uh, my, my uh, editing program will shift the entire message over. You know, it might, you know, if, if, if it's a lot of small ones, it's not a, a big deal. But if, if I have big chunks that I have to take out, you know, if I have to take out a 10-minute segment at one point in the message, then everything gets shifted over 10 minutes. 
And so, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So yeah, I got to take out that, you know, that sneeze on, you know, minute 30 and 20 seconds. Wait, where is it? I don't see any sneeze. Or, or what about that part where, uh, you know, we just got got the giggles and just couldn't stop laughing at 45 minutes. Oh, where, where did that happen? You know, I, I went, I found the timer and I don't remember what happened here. And then suddenly I, I, I hear from what my, my ministry partner is like, Oh, that, that was so funny when you left that in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, hey, I oh, hear you. Yeah. I, hear you. I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've done the, I've done the very same thing. Uh, I interviewed a gentleman last, last week and I guess it was about seven minutes into the interview uh, he said something to me, and I just got the giggles because I couldn't think of what the answer would be to that. And I said, "All right, you got me there." You know, and 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 when I finished it, I had left it in. So it <laughs> <laughs> should be an interesting interesting listen for listeners. That's I'm, for sure. Well, I'm looking forward to it myself because I know what happened. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, because one thing I I've learned is when a mistake is made in in performance. Don't let your audience know that you made a mistake. You just do oh, right. always always do your best to, to you know keep it smooth. I used to do handbell choir when I was a kid at, at my church, oh. and every time I'd miss a ring, I'd just my face is is like a, an open book. I mean, you you know exactly what's going on in my mind just by looking at my face. I I just <laughs> grimace, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. just cringe so bad if I missed something, and and the director. She was very kind about it, but I know that she was really fussing at me. Um, and I was like, Willie, don't don't let them know that you made a mistake. It's okay if you missed the ring. Just pretend like you meant to do it. Well, I have a, I have a background in theater. And uh, one of my early performances, uh, I, I was in a play called J.B. by Archibald MacLeish. Uh, what drew me to it is it's based on the book of Job. I didn't realize till I got involved in it that McLeish was not a believer, and he twisted the Book of Job on its head. Oh dear! But, it, but I was—I had a scene with the with the lead character, and uh, I was on in the middle of the stage, wearing a frock, and I turned a priest's frock. And when I turned to him, I had a soliloquy that was supposed to take oh, I would say a good three minutes. It was a long piece. Hmm. It took a page and a half in in the playbook. And I got about a paragraph into it and couldn't remember where to go from there. Oh, dear. And, yeah, and this gentleman is on his knees in front of me, sweat pouring from his brow. He's in pain, and I'm yelling at him. And suddenly I stop yelling. <laughs> and, and he looked up at me like, hello, hello, McFly, are you there? <laughs> think, McFly, think. <laughs> exactly. So all I could think of was, uh, you go back to your training. Okay, what was I doing? I was yelling at him. Okay, what was I telling him to do? Okay, well, essentially, I was telling him to repent. So I started shouting, "Repent, repent!" <laughs> and and but this was a, a very strong actor sitting there with me, and he fed me pieces of line as he talked and responded to my repents that brought me back to the script. Wow. And it's able to draw me back to where I was supposed to be. But anytime you're in a situation where you suddenly forget what you're supposed to do, oh my goodness, if anybody could see the fear inside your body, they'd be laughing hysterically. And, you know, for me personally, that's that's why I feel a little more comfortable with radio, because uh, they can't see my face. They might they might be able to tell it in the tone of my voice if I'm if I'm nervous or if I'm tired. But at least at least they can't see my face, you know, my facial features whenever I'm, I'm having uh, having challenges. 
which is good because I, so I always tell people I have a radio face, so that that keeps me honest. Yeah, I was. People always tell me that too. Ever since I, I started this podcast, oh yeah, you know, yeah, Willie, you got a face for radio. <laughs> all exactly. Right, Exactly. You know, I was talking about the uh, the uh, the theater work, and and I came close to that again. I was I was in England. Uh, we were doing a performance of Oklahoma, hmm. and and I had the very first line in in the in the song in the in the title song, plenty of barley. I forget. I, I can't even remember it now, but I do remember the the lead in the middle of the stage gives his line to set up the song and and everybody on stage turns and looks at me as I start the song and I thought I can't remember what the line is but I me- I remembered it the, the Lord gave it to me just in the nick of time just a, maybe a half a beat off but I got it out there the, for them. now we did seven performances so I didn't forget it the others but oh, that okay. one time that one time is the one time I remember isn't it? Isn't that the way, the way it works? Sometimes you know you, you can do something perfectly a hundred times, but if you f- mess it up one time, yeah, one that's time, the, <laughs> exactly. That's the yeah. one that sticks with your mind. Yeah, you know, because it, it tends to be the lesson, the lesson le- learner moment. It's, mm-hmm. It it defines you a little bit more. Not the mistake, hopefully, but the lesson. You know, yep. if you if you let the lesson be the one that defines you, then you're gonna you're gonna be all right. But if you let the mistake define you, well, you're, you know, you got some more learning to do, I guess. Well, isn't that isn't that much like our relationship with Christ? Absolutely. You know, we can let we can let the sin we we committed define us, or we can make the forgiveness that Christ has offered us define us. Or even our trials. Our trials aren't necessarily uh, punishment for our sin. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, it, it certainly can be, but it it's also preparation for something much greater. And so you you praise God for the, the lesson learned. Yeah. Even yeah. if it isn't a propositional truth being presented, it it can be a rehearsal for mm. for future events that may be going on in somebody around you, and you can be there for them. Sometimes things happen in your life, and you don't really know why they're happening or why you're in that position. But you know that God is still in control, and you search for God's leading in the situation. And sometimes you know, God has you stay in that situation for, uh, for, a, for an hour or a long time. Hmm. And, but, but he has his purpose in that, doesn't he? Yeah. Amen. Now, in ha- speaking of purpose, I'm glad you brought it up. Do you, have you always felt a calling, God's purpose in your life being Christian radio? No, no, none at all. None at all, to be honest. I, I mentioned the uh, the theater work in, in the UK, and uh, after after the first show we did, I believe it was uh, Crazy for You, a bunch of George Gershwin tunes thrown, uh, thrown together to make give us the excuse to sing them. And after the show, after that set of performances was over, someone in the cast came to me and said, would you like to do some recording? And I said, uh, well, I don't know. What do you mean? And she said, well, there's a fellow I know, a bloke, as she said, that I know <laughs> south of town who has a strong need for a transatlantic voice, translated meaning an American voice. Oh, okay. So, so I said, okay, what's he want me to do? I said, she said, well, I don't know, but he's looking for one. So I drove down to this fellow's place, and he had a studio set up in his home. He said, well, what I'm doing is our video games. I'm recording voices for video games. How do you feel about that? I said, I love video games. So 
sat down. I did uh, several video games for him. Uh, paid me, paid me. Uh, well, what I thought was a handsome salary at the time. Uh, I don't think anybody in, in a union location would be jumping at it. But anyway, it was enough for gasoline or petrol. Yes, so petrol. That, yes. <laughs> that was the first time I'd been behind a microphone, you know. So that was exciting. And uh, a few years later, we came back to the States, and I was talking to someone at church. And this person said, oh, so you've been behind a microphone. I said, yeah. She said, well, I know a radio station in Annapolis, Maryland, who wouldn't mind hiring you probably to do a few spots. We need public service announcements done. They're 58 seconds. Uh, you could probably do a couple hours a week. And, I mean, it would be gas money at least while you're looking for full-time employment. I said, uh, yeah, sure, okay. So I went down there, and uh, I met a man named Bill Sadler, an absolutely wonderful man uh, who ended up being the, uh, next to uh, next to Dan Elmendorf, the best boss I've ever had in my life. Hmm. And, of course, Christ is my ultimate boss. But here on earth, uh, Dan, Dan and Bill have been excellent. And Bill, Bill let me do that. I guess it was uh, maybe six months into it, he... He came to me and he said, I have a need for public affairs programming to be done. Uh, this was with Family Radio. Would you would you be interested in doing it? You don't even have to say you'll commit yourself. Just do it for a while. And at some point you just decide you want to keep the job, let me know. So uh, I forget how many months it was, but later I realized I had a knack for it. So I said, yeah, I'd like to do this full time. Now, uh, I'll... I'll uh, add a codicil to this to say that, you know, Harold Camping was still in charge of the network at that time. And it, it was a lot of angst on my part. Uh, a lot of prayer went into that decision because Harold was still making claims that I thought were really impossible for man to make. Hmm. And uh, But this was a Christian network at its heart, and I felt that I felt God's calling to stay there. It seems strange to a lot of my friends, but I thought, I don't have to believe what he believes. I can hold to my faith. He's not asking me to change my mind. And I can use my position as a public affairs director to create programming that is Christ-centered and God-affirming, which, uh, Lord willing, that's what I did. And then 2013... uh, uh, Mr. Camping passed away uh, after his failed prognostications in in 2011. I do remember and, that one very vividly. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, the, there were there were billboards everywhere, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. And uh, but he is he is gone, and uh, I I have to say uh, I was very much opposed to much of what Family Radio stood for in those days, and I think my colleagues at Family Radio Family Radio already know that. But um, the network has done a, a turnaround, a 180. Uh, it is Christ-centered. The sole purpose, the motto is to spread the gospel and get everyone to read their Bible. The Bible is the authoritative word of God. And, and uh, you know, just meeting with the folks and, and praying with them and, and hearing their desire uh, to get the gospel out, it just becomes so much reaffirming of what I believed when I stayed with Family Radio through those dark years. Hmm. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, that, that's, that's amazing, you know, because sometimes big establishments, you know, anybody who has um, 
you know, any levels of influence, especially in media of any sort, it can be really difficult to to do that that 180. Uh, so you you know that it was the hand of God, the involvement of uh, of the changes that were made. So that's that's wonderful to hear because I've 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 held my reservations about it to be entirely honest. I haven't even really looked into family radio, but it's so great to hear that they have uh, they have turned around. Because of that, I'll, I'll certainly give them another chance. Well, I think 2013 uh, and 2014, following following uh, Mr. Camping's passing, uh, there was a reticence on the part of a lot of folks there to pull away completely because Mr. Camping had put his own money uh, where his faith was initially back in Oh gosh, I guess it started. The network started in the '70s. Uh, he he put money of his own up to to build the first radio stations, and he never took a salary. So uh, that was, I, I think, that was a good thing on his part. Um, and his te- his teaching was very sound in the beginning, very scriptural. Hmm. Uh, so there were all these tapes, recordings of his uh, being very sound. So they kept those on the network for a long time. And uh, uh, for whatever reason, uh, they they kept doing that. And, and but I believe now that it's just they have pretty much weaned away from from all of Mr. Camping's recordings. Uh, I haven't heard any anyway. So okay. Uh, and he was never a part of any discussions that I had with the folks during the last time I was in Oakland talking to them. So it's a uh, very heartwarming. Uh, a very uh, blessed thing to see and hear. You know, I mean, this is this is that's a network of fifty-two stations around the country. Wow! That that what that had had for all intents and purposes, in my mind, gone dark for the gospel, which the light came back on for. You know, so I mean, I praise God that uh, they have an opportunity now to to do a lot of good in the service of Christ. Yeah, especially with all those stations. And it, it almost sounds like even Redeemer Broadcasting was, was a product of, of the darkness, you know, during those dark years, so that there can still be a light. Almost like when, when the kingdom of Israel split back in the Old Testament, how the, you know, there was still a small portion that was being held on while the rest split off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking of, uh, and I'll, I'll paraphrase here, uh, they may, meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. Oh yes, with uh, with Joseph, yes. Yeah, yeah. I just read that maybe about a week ago in my my daily studies. Yeah, so that that impetus, the wrong the uh, wrong teaching, was impetus to to start Redeemer Broadcasting, which has been a blessing to many people, and uh, I am very uh, happy to say that I have enjoyed my work with Redeemer Broadcasting over the years, and look forward to continuing. Yeah, I I certainly enjoyed it. I I fall asleep to it every night. Well, just just don't fall asleep in the car listening to it, okay? Right, right. unless the car is in park, yeah, exactly. in a safe spot. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that that's the only thing. If I if I play it if I play it at my job, uh, the only complaint I will ever hear is, "Oh, Willie, this this music makes me want to go to sleep." It's like, well, <laughs> but you know, I work yeah. in a high energy environment for the most part, mm-hmm. so for me, it actually has the opposite, of, or it has it has what's the necessary effect of not getting too stressed. You know, huh, yeah, well, you there's know. there's a fine line to to uh, to walk there, you know, with with the music because because there are uh, a lot of folks who really want that that uh, inspirational sound, the the slower, 
softer inspirational sound as i will put it uh uh not uh, not too unlike what what we used to joke about uh at the at the uh headquarters in annapolis for family radio the greatest hits of the 16th and 17th centuries <laughs> but 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 we also want to recognize that there is a lot of new music that is God-filled and, and inspired, and and teach and good teaching moments for folks. So there's there are of course there are lyrics out there that are that are uh, what I call um, Henry the Eighth songs. You know, second verse same as the first, or, <laughs> yes. or some people say seven eleven, the same seven words repeated eleven times. But but there are songs that are just fabulous. They're just filled with filled with great lyrics mm-hmm. that when you sing them, you listen and you say that's godly you know that's godly that's awesome stuff and but it's a little more upbeat mm-hmm. so so redeemer kind of kind of moves along that that spectrum a little bit uh i've encouraged dan to move it just a little twitch that uh bar a little further over toward the upbeat uh you know we will never I suspect we will never have um, striper or <laughs> any kind of hard rock sounds on 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 uh, Redeemer broadcasting. But okay, well maybe that's why he hasn't answered any of my emails. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah, but you know if you have, hear a song you think would be great for Redeemer, uh, don't hesitate. Send Dan a note and say, "Hey Dan, I think this would fit. This would fit the bill for you." Okay. You know, just, just send it on, or send it to me, and I'll send it to Dan. Yeah, Dan seems like a very approachable guy. I've I've spoken to him on email via email and and Facebook a couple of times, and I think I was even mentioned once uh, on on during their like behind the scenes thing because I had asked about one of the songs that they play at eleven o'clock at night, and then they started talking about it. And it's like, oh, that's nice, you know. So just it, they just seem like very very approachable people. You know, and, and uh, I really, I enjoy listening to them. I just feel like I know them. I, yeah, it's, it's such a such a beautiful thing. Well, what you hear on the radio from Dan and Deb is what you see in real life. They are, I mean, they they are a wonderful couple, deeply in love with each one another, and deeply in love with their creator. Beautiful, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So, so what is it that you like best about radio? Since you, start, I mean, you started out in theater, as you said, and then mm-hmm. worked into video game sounds. I mean, that's an interesting transition. I, I never would have gotten the connection on that one myself if uh, if you hadn't shared how it happened. But what is it that you really enjoy the best about doing radio? Uh, what do I like best? Well, I, th- I mean, I like the mission. I like the mission best, I think, in, in many ways. The, the, the opportunity to do something with the talent that God has given me, you know, and to, and to do it frequently. Uh, there, are, there are people who have uh, the gift of evangelism, who can go door to door. There are people who have a gift in uh, money management, who can help people with their finances and help churches with their finances. Uh, I have kind of a gift of gab i guess you know i i uh you kissed the blarney stone did you i did i did yes i did very well mate i did and uh i um i can do that within radio within radio i think what i like the most is um being expressive as far as programs like like a closer view where i give my commentary what i'd like to do at some point is to do a more of a live one-on-one program, you know, and not necessarily a call-in, but 
but maybe something where where I can I can uh, do kind of a podcast like you're doing right now, and it would air on the network. Hmm. You know, because I uh, not necessarily with leaders in the community either. You know, I mean with listeners, because uh, you want to engage your community, and that's always good for a network, and that's one way you can do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, these days, uh, more than anything, I, you know, I've been, I've been studying, you know, like social media marketing and things like that. And one thing for sure is that people want a feeling of community more than ever. I mean, it's probably always been there, but 10 years ago, it was the blog. Mm. 20 years ago, it was get a, to get a TV show and, and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, and even 30 years ago, it was like the billboard. You know, if you got the billboard, you were you were all set. But nowadays, it seems like you, you really want the, the community. And so I, mm-hmm. I, I think that'll be a really, I think that's a really good idea to, to engage the listeners. And, you, and you don't, yeah, and you don't necessarily uh, grab a lot of folks by by them knowing that, oh, you know, if I turn, if I find my radio and I turn it on at 7 p.m., I'm going to hear uh, the gospel hour. I can't wait to hear that. I'm going to set the time out on my calendar. But those people will be much more uh, eager if they say, well, uh, I'm going to download that podcast. Mm-hmm. And when I have time this evening, I'll sit down and, and I'll listen to it at my leisure. So I, I see podcasts uh, as uh, the wave of the future, to be honest with you. Uh, I think I think radio will never go away. I think way to, <laughs> of course, I say that, and the people who built carts and and horse-drawn carts had that idea as well. But, but I think uh, really there will always be a, at least in our lifetime, be a place for radio. But podcasts uh, for this coming this uh, recent generation, uh, this is a way that they can interact with folks. They can hear ideas. Mm-hmm. They can they can learn. Mm-hmm. You can you can disseminate information on so many topics. And and they, my son gets in the car and listens to music off of his rate off of his cell phone. And if he wants a podcast, turn on the podcast. And he's driving down the road listening to the podcast. Yeah, you know. like even just with the, the technology that, mm-hmm. that allows the interviews to take place. I'm sure 50 years ago, you you had to have somebody present in the studio to have them on the show. Then it turns into okay, now you can do it over the phone. But now you don't even need a studio. Well, when I first took the job, uh, I walked into the office, and and Bill Sadler showed me around, and and there was a reel-to-reel set on on the wall, tapes, and there was uh, cassettes, uh, cart cart machines. This is all stuff that's gone the way of the dodo bird. And he told told me about doing early interviews where you would get the tape and you would cut it physically and splice it together using a machine, tape these pieces together. And then you put those up on the machine and you line them up till you mark it with the time with a time mark on the tape so that when it started to roll, it, it rolled right at the right moment so listeners could hear it. You know, and now I do everything digitally and, and I don't have to be in the studio. I have a studio at home now. So I do my interviews from the house. I, 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 uh, I use email to contact folks. I correspond with people through email or through text or for phone, through phone calls. And when it's time for the interview, I interview uh, using Skype. The program is captured. The, uh, the, the audio is captured. It's put onto my computer. And then later in the day or maybe later in the week, I open that up and I use Adobe Audition 
to split the channels uh, to two mono files, and you know, I take out all those coughs that that you know that occur, and the, you know, the dropped pen, that sort of thing, and then I put them back together and put it in that music bed. And I, I haven't taped one little piece of tape at all. You know, it's <laughs> it's all electronic. And if I make a mistake there, I click on the undo button and do it over again. Yeah, I use I use Audacity, and it's it's a pretty good program. I've been able to pull off some pretty good editing, and even just with with you know thanks to Skype, I mean I was able to my first first time as a guest on somebody else's radio show, the radio show was being done in Scotland, mm. and I I didn't have to leave my home, and I did two shows with her as uh, you know, like where she was the host, and then she was a guest on my show, and uh, you know there've been people all over the country, where I mean enough to where I had to actually take into consideration, okay. You said nine o'clock, but wait, nine o'clock whose time? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I I interviewed a professor Maguayo, uh in at the University of London about ten years ago, and and uh, it was very interesting because I had to go into the studio uh, in the wee hours of the morning so I could catch him at the right time and do the recording. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I had to, I always had to be very very careful, you know, if I was making plans with. Uh, with this lady, you know, because I didn't want her to have to get up at two in the morning in order to have a six o'clock interview with me. And, mm-hmm. But it's just amazing. It's amazing how that's all so much more possible now. And uh, we don't even have to leave our home half the time. It's it's truly amazing. Well, as I said before, uh, and I'm not the first to say it, of course, but all of this technology, uh, for whatever reason, it was created by the person who created it. Uh, it's ultimately something that God can use for his will. Yep, and that's and that's what I pray every time before any podcast I do. You know, not only that he protects it, but that it can be used as a tool. Uh, you know, people people have certainly called me a tool before, but I <laughs> I wish to be I wish to be a tool in God's hands to advance his kingdom. Amen. Amen to that. So is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Well, let's see. Only that uh, uh, the enjoyment that I get from uh, from the work that I do through Redeemer Broadcasting uh, through on the radio is is a byproduct of of the joy that I find in Christ and uh, His willingness to to lift me up. Uh, I'm a I'm a nobody. Uh, I I mean uh, you know you were saying well gee I'm a big fan, but uh, I would prefer you be a fan of Christ because. Uh, anything that I have done on my program, I have I have done for Christ. I'm not perfect. Uh, I don't I don't always do a good job. I I slack off sometimes on in the corners of the program. You know, maybe I don't edit quite as well as I could because I'm lazy, or maybe I don't ask all the questions I could because I'm tired and I just want to get the interview done. Uh, but but the ultimate. Uh, source of my joy is doing something for Christ, and and if I can do that, and uh, and make and have Him smile just a little bit at me, uh, makes it all worthwhile. So, so uh, you know, when you hear my program, uh, think of Christ and think of think of His sacrifice, and and uh, the fact that I'm only on the radio because He put me there. And I can I can definitely say that I I can see. I can see the work of Christ in your shows. Every moment that I hear, I can I can hear it. Even listening to the uh, closer view, you know, it's a short segment, but 
I always make sure, like whenever I hear it, I hear the the sound, the uh, musical intro. I, I go over and I listen to it. it. Brings conviction a lot of times. Gives it makes makes me think, and I know it's making other people think. And it's what I like about you know how you're you really keep it Christ centered. That's that's what I enjoy about about your uh, your work on the radio. I, w- I would encourage you to keep it keep it up. You know, don't don't stop anytime soon. You know, <laughs> there are there are a lot of people who are getting a lot of good things out of it for sure. Well, like the old saying goes, "Baby needs a new pair of shoes." So, uh, <laughs> so as long as long as I I have a mortgage to pay and uh, grandchildren to to, uh, to assist along the way, uh, you'll be hearing my voice. That's for sure. <laughs> and I've seen I've seen the pictures on Facebook. Those are beautiful, beautiful kids. They are that they are. I got another one on the way too. Coming, oh, praise com- God! Coming April, yeah, uh, a little boy, Sebastian. So uh, anxious to see him in April. Oh, that's that's awesome. We'll be praying about that. Thank um, you. And and speaking of prayer, would you like to pray for our listeners, and that'll finish out the show? Sure. Dear Father, thank you so very much for this opportunity to to share our faith uh, with each other and and with the listeners. Uh, thank you for uh, for the listeners. Uh, thank you for the folks who who uh, take time out of their lives to to listen to folks like Willie and myself and. I thank you for the ministry that Willie has and uh, for his love for you, Lord. I pray that you would continue to bless that ministry. I can pray you would continue to bless Redeemer Broadcasting and all of those there. Uh, we are very grateful to be a part of your work on this on this earth. Uh, whether we are a small part or a big part, it, it doesn't really matter as long as, we're, as long as we are being used by you and not by ourselves. Please not become puffed up. Uh, not to become um, uh, proud. And we thank you for, again, Lord, for your love, your sacrifice, your atonement for us. Uh, in Christ's name, amen. Amen. Galvin, it's been it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Well, thank you, Willie. Uh, but, it's been great chatting with you. Yeah, it's, been cert- it's certainly been a pleasure. So if you wish to contact Set the Captives Free Ministries, uh, you can do so online at www.scfministry.com and be sure to sign up for our weekly email newsletter for awesome material like this delivered right to your email inbox every week Um, if you wish to call us you can call us toll free at 1-855-704-7247 if you'd like to write to us or send a donation by mail our mailing address is P.O. Box 467 Modena, New York 12548 if you wish to contact me personally my email is wneedham at scfministry.com Thank you all very much and God bless.